Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. Awesome. Welcome, everybody. So glad you've joined us. If you're watching on YouTube, then I just wanted to show off my pink sweater today because it's springtime here in Canada. But if you're listening through podcasts, then, well, you just miss out. You just have to see it by faith. Listen, today we want to talk for the next little while about uh, Holy Spirit and breaking bad habits. Holy Spirit, bad habit breaker. (laughs) Habit breakers. That's what we're talking about. It's sort of a part two from last week. So if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, I would highly encourage you to go and listen to that because we laid a significant foundation here and we touched on some of the ideas that when you give your life to Jesus, suddenly everything will be just perfect and all of those bad habits will be gone. And you know what? Sometimes they are. I mean, there's just miraculous stories of how somebody prayed sincerely, you know, from their heart, received the Lord Jesus Christ, had the salvation experience, and then boom, just, you know, I never touched cigarettes again, or I never did this again. And, you know, that just happens. That's the power of God. But for some people, old habits need to be replaced by new habits. (laughs) Did you catch that? You can even be delivered, and there's still a need for you doing the work, and I know you don't like the fact that I just said work. I'm not talking about works unto salvation. You cannot work hard enough or you cannot develop yourself enough uh, to earn salvation. It's a free gift. But working out your salvation in the area of growing in the kingdom, growing in your character, being conformed to the image of Christ. You know, we talk about that all the time in church life as the goal But very few really know how to set up personal disciplines and even systems in your life that help you to grow in these areas. I probably just offended a couple other people mentioning systems (laughs) uh, when talking about (laughs) spiritual growth. But in reality, you cannot grow spiritually without certain disciplines in your life. Did you know prayer is a discipline? Uh, studying the scripture is a discipline. I wish that we could just attend a great conference, take our Bibles and just say impartation and put the Bible on our head and fill me with the word, Lord. But no, you're going to have to do your part in setting aside time to actually get into the word. You see, total freedom and growth in the kingdom is actually not all God's responsibility, and it's not all your responsibility. It's actually a partnership. It's literally a partnership when it comes to breakthroughs and growth. And, and I talked about uh, last week how one, a great key that I had discovered was I would listen to a sermon four to seven times. And I walked you through what takes place each time because now studies have shown that you hear a sermon once or a great message once and within uh, 48 hours, you've forgotten 70% of it. And all that's left is to come back to church next week or listen to another sermon hoping to get our ears tickled again and be inspired. But the actual growth and breakthrough or the word transformation, the transformation which is more than inspiration, 
<laughs> the transformation within someone is almost always a process where the miraculous is. And Holy Spirit loves to invade the process. Holy Spirit wants to manifest himself in a process to bring forth something beautiful. I know you caught that. So, you know what? What I talked about last week, I also began to do with books because I was, I was with a pastor one day and, and some of the things I'll say today have some stories, but I'm enjoying a coffee, so sorry for those who are listening in their earbuds, but I was with a pastor one day and he took me downstairs in his basement to show me his vast library. You know, one of those libraries where books are from the floor to the ceiling and, you know, as far as the eye could see, <laughs> there were books. And uh, when I went down, I saw that these were just such great books, revival books, books on different Christian subjects. And uh, I said to him, and I was very young in ministry, uh, and I said to him, wow, have you read all these books? And, and he said, yep, I've read every one of these books. And, and I thought, oh man, I hate reading. <laughs> in those days, I really hated reading. And I thought, I have to read all these books to, to be used in the kingdom of God. And then it hit me, literally as I was standing there next to him, you know what, this guy's not doing that much for the kingdom. <laughs> There's not that much fruitfulness coming from his life, yet he's read all these books. And so for me, the cost of sitting down and reading all that without being able to produce something from it in my life scared me. And it was just what we mentioned last week about being exhorted not just to be hearers of the word, but to be doers. And if you're only a hearer and not a doer of the word, then uh, we talked about how the in the original language, what, what comes out there if you do your deep study, is auditing a course, but not getting the credit for it. It was the Greek culture of the day to sit in the amphitheater, listen to lectures, uh, discuss the lectures among themselves, and then go their separate ways with no strategy, no plan in place to make the word become flesh, to bring transformation, to bring actual change. What am I saying? The point, guys, when we read something, the point of the scripture, the point of listening to sermons, the point of prayer, the point of all of it is for transformation. We're to go from glory to glory. So you want this thing to work for you. So I made a decision. I'm not going to race through reading a bunch of books. You know, you buy six books at the conference and and they sit on the table and turn into coffee holders and you read part of one but didn't finish it. <laughs> Many of you probably know what I'm talking about. But I decided that when I got a hold of a book, I recognized that somebody paid a price to write this. Somebody did all the studying that I now don't have to do. Somebody compiled it all together, which I don't have to do. And somebody invested money into it and published this book, which I didn't have to do. All for it to be sitting in front of me, nicely packaged, wealth of knowledge that I can make become flesh in my life. And so what I began to do was read each chapter four to seven times. I know this sounds crazy for, for many of us charismatics. You just want to whip through one book and celebrate. You say, yeah, I read that book. <laughs> I got that book. And, and yet it's not living itself through you. It's not expressing itself through you. No change. 
No transformation. You audited the course, but you don't get the diploma. Woo! <laughs> so I began to read each chapter four to seven times. And, and by the fifth time, I got the highlighter out. I had the pen going. And so by the time I was done with a book, you know, my desire was I would rather, you know, because that takes time to do, I would rather read less books but live out naturally what I was reading rather than just reading many books and being able to say I read them and heard the word, but I'm not doing anything with it. I'd rather read less books and still uh, and begin to bear fruit. I wanted the word to become flesh. And so I utilized the principles of repetition and meditation and study. And, and I actually took it a little further than that. Now, this I did for just several years because it was, it was exhausting, really, to do it. But for each book that I read, I kept a file on it. What I would do is I would summarize 10 lessons that I learned from that particular book. Only 10 lessons. And I would write down each lesson. And then I had a second part to that process. Remember last week we talked about the miracle or the transformation is in the process. And, uh, and we talked about um, uh, the fact that when you, put, when you want to digest something, not just taste it, but when you want to digest something, you've got to put the thing through process. So part of my process was uh, the second part, I would write why this was a lesson in my life or type. I would say, this is a lesson in my life because, and I'd be very honest with myself, Here's the self-evaluation piece. It's like, help me, Holy Spirit, be honest about myself. <laughs> and I would say, this was a lesson to me because I overspend on food or, or I really don't know sometimes where my money's going or this was a lesson to me because in this area I'm coming up short. It was sort of grueling self-evaluation. And I would write that out for each lesson, proving honestly with the convicting help of Holy Spirit, why this was a lesson to me. Then I had a third piece to this thing. The third piece was I would now write out for each lesson a concrete strategy or plan. didn't have to be long, but just I have decided to create a budget because of this lesson. Or I have decided to not watch Netflix at this time because of... And I had literally a strategy or a, a conclusion, an intention, a decision based on each lesson that I learned. And I would ask Holy Spirit to help me with it. And so I actually had a file like this where I could go back, you know, a year later and look through the file at what I learned from that book and why it was a lesson. Has my behavior changed? Am I walking this thing out? I mean, it was a profound experience, and it's hard for me now to read a book without doing that kind of stuff because I know that I'm spending all this time reading, but am I really making the Word become flesh so that I naturally live out what I've read? How many books have you bought on the supernatural? <laughs> Healing the sick, uh, you know, loving your neighbor, whatever you've listened to, can you honestly say that that has become flesh in you to the point of transformation? Can you really say that? <laughs> so that's what I began to do with books. Now, let me move beyond books because here's where it gets really interesting. I became so serious 
about the nature and values of Christ, his image, uh, being formed in me, kingdom principles, that I got really radical with this thing. And what I did was I took the love chapter and the fruit of the spirit, you know, Galatians and Corinthians. I, I took, you know, love is kind, love is patient, love keeps no record of wrongs, it does not boast, all of that. And I took the fruit of the spirit in uh, Galatians you know, the fruit of the Spirit is this, is that. And I, I, I took the top 13 of those that I felt I really needed to work on, okay? And, and oftentimes we think maybe we, we just need a demon cast out of us or something like that. But, you know, we read these scriptures. We even post memes about them. <laughs> but we're not necessarily living them. The Word has not become flesh in us in these areas. So let me tell you what I began to do. I took my, the top 13 virtues because, for example, uh, the scripture, uh, love is, is patient. <laughs> uh, the fruit of the Spirit is patient. Let's take patience, for example. Now, I was an anointed preacher, preaching from the stage, casting out demons, moving in the miraculous, and yet I was a very impatient person in the area of my character, okay? Especially if you caught me on the 401, that's our highway locally here, going eastbound in traffic around dinner time when I'm hungry and got the low blood sugar going. You might not see the image of Christ manifesting <laughs> through me at that time. And each of you know the areas of your own life where Christ maybe has his nature has not been formed in you. Sonship is not there yet. You're still a baby Christian, maybe. So, you know, impatience was one of those. So I adopted a system that was created by a man years ago. And again, no offense using the word system here. We're just talking about tools that help us to fulfill biblical principles. That's all. So this particular system that he created allowed for him to develop himself over a period of weeks, a very famous man, by the way, in the area of certain virtues and values. So I took what he did and I tweaked it to make it more of a kingdom system, more of a biblical system. And those were the, the values and virtues I took from scripture because I thought, if I don't have love, <laughs> if I if I don't if I'm easily provoked, if I'm not loving, if I'm if I'm failing in these, what's the point of the whole thing? I wanted to grow in the fruit. I, I got the gifts down pretty well. I'm prophesying, I'm doing this and doing that, and people can think, wow, what a quote unquote man of God. But actually gifts are given to you. They have nothing to do with how good you are, how righteous you are, what your issues are. Nothing to do. It's a, it's a free gift irrespective of who you are inside. However, fruit, fruit of the Spirit is a result of who you are inside. Fruit is an outflow of inner DNA. An apple tree, no matter how hard it works, cannot bear oranges. It bears apples according to its DNA. And if the roots are bad, if the tree is dying, then it can't even produce apples. So fruit is a result. Remember that. It's not a gift. And I've come to discover that the image of Christ, sonship, and I'm talking about the maturity that allows you to lay hold of your inheritance. 
That thing, your calling, purpose, and destiny that God will not allow you to access as long as you're immature. I have found that people's calling, purpose, and destiny is accessed by spiritual maturity when God can trust you with more of it. The kind of thing that makes for that is not necessarily the gifts. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the nature of Christ formed in you. It's the Word becoming flesh. And so, you know what? That's where I began to put my focus. And I saw something happen that was so fascinating pertaining to patience. So here's how the system worked. For three weeks, I would study patience. <laughs> so what I did day one, I had a little, uh, a little journal. And, and day one, I would write down, uh, well, what I would do is look up scriptures in the Bible that had anything to do with patience. Now I just write them down in the journal. Quick process. Then maybe day two or day three, after I had really mulled over the scriptures about patience, I looked up quotes about patience. And I wrote a couple of those down. And then I, you know, Google is your friend. I, I would Google parables about patience. Uh, maybe day five, day six, I was looking up how patience uh, scientifically affects your physiology. People that are patient what it does for you. And I would look up all kinds of things as it relates to patience each day and review still the scriptures having to do with patience. And the, here's the Holy Spirit partnership part, which is really important. I would pray each day into this. Now, here's what I would do. I kept this notebook with me. It's a nice little journal. This is what you can do with your journals. You'll find it profound. And I would carry it with me, and every time I became impatient, <laughs> I would make a note. So, Dad went really long in, in staff meeting, you know, when I pastored at the church there. The staff meeting went all morning, and I became so irritated inside. See, see right here, guys, let me pause for a moment. You're thinking that your Christianity and God is going to use you because of how great you think you are, how much time you prayed, or how gifted you are. But in reality, many of us underestimate the power of the fruit of the Spirit and Christ formed in us in virtues, values, and nature, His image. You underestimate that. When you make that your focus to become more like Christ, ministry takes care of itself. When you focus on the depth of your character, the depth of your, your life, God will focus on the breadth of your ministry. This is the reality. Because you start to get Jesus results when the nature of Jesus is formed in you. So I would write down, I became impatient with my dad today or you know, I was talking with my sister on the phone and I became impatient with her or whatever the situation is. I'm impatient at the, at the drive-thru, you know, North American problems. And I would make a note of these and then at the end of the day, each and every day for three weeks, at the end of the day, I would kneel down by my bed and I would say, I would begin to list, Father, today I would begin to confess Father, I repent. I was impatient with so-and-so today. I became impatient in this area today. I didn't manifest your image in this area. And I was doing this each day. And I would say this. Here's the power part here. The great exchange 
I would say, Jesus, I exchange my human impatience for your supernatural patience. <laughs> That's what I would pray. I repent of my impatience and I lay hold of, in exchange for my human impatience, my flesh, I exchange that for your supernatural patience. I want the patience of Jesus. You know, I don't know exactly when it happened during the three weeks, but at some point, the word, the seed, the sperma, the nature of Jesus as it pertained to patience dropped from head knowledge to heart revelation, and I became supernaturally patient. <laughs> or at least more patient than I ever was before. <laughs> I began to be a partaker of the divine nature. Did you catch it? I became a partaker of the God nature. As Jesus, that's scripture by the way, as Jesus is patient, because you know he is. If you run into him, he's so patient with us. He's so long-suffering. It's all an expression of his love. As he is patient, you can become patient too. This was the whole point of the word becoming flesh. When you lay hold of salvation and the sperma of God, if you didn't listen to last week, you're wondering what that is. You, you actually have access to a God DNA is now flowing through your spiritual veins and you can become like your father. You can become like Jesus. You won't become Jesus, but you can become like him. You know the scripture says, be imitators of God as beloved children. Just to shake up some of the religious thoughts you had a moment ago. Be imitators of God. Walk that thing out. And you can be growing in the image and likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. So now when you go to do ministry, there's something different about you. And ministry isn't just limited to the platform or the stage when the gifts are flowing. How many have seen the grand dichotomy of pastors and leaders who are so gifted from the stage? Well, the stage is the ideal forum for the flow of the gifts. But behind closed doors... In their own private life, they are not that way. Because in your private life, you're not necessarily using the gifts, it's the fruit. <laughs> your private life is the stage that bears the fruit. Your public persona or, or ministry, that stage bears the gifts because you're ministering publicly at that point. But what about behind closed doors with your spouse, your husband or your wife? What about with your kids? <clears throat> what about at your job? What about around the office? Who are you? And so I began to walk in patience, and I didn't have to strive for it anymore. I didn't have to work extra hard for it. And, and you know, I didn't need a demon, cast, a demon of impatience cast out of me. I didn't need any of that because the nature of Jesus, sperma, the word becomes flesh and dwells in us, and those around us behold the glory of the nature of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? It's the secret to transformation of character. And I began to do that with, with forgiveness. Uh, began to do that with pride. And, you know, pride was a, was a tough one. I remember looking up scriptures on pride and how many times a day I had to write down pride. And you know what? We will always be wrestling with pride, I think, until Jesus comes or we enter heaven. 
So I was always filling up that notebook, but you know what? Things began to change. Humility came. Some situations came into my life that caused, that worked out humility. Because every day for three weeks, I'm studying this. I'm showing Holy Spirit. I'm hungry! Not just to prophesy. <laughs> I'm hungry not just to look spiritual from the stage of anointed. I'm hungry to look like Jesus. And then you can rightfully say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And there's a change that takes place and people are with you just a few minutes and they say, I don't know what it is, but I feel, I feel God around this man. Something's different. <laughs> and ministry becomes easy because Jesus has found his home in you. Hallelujah. So what I began to do, and I think we're going to get into this next week, I began to look for other ways to build routines and to structure the study and practice of certain principles of Christ. And I began to take something called prayer retreats, total seclusion for a certain number of days every month to get away and do this kind of thing and become more like Christ. Let me tell you one of the greatest secrets. Those of you who know my teachings, you know, and in History Makers Academy, we give, we give away a lot of secrets to making history. What the 3 to 5% of the world know and live by, we, we get into unusual stuff. But I still say, one of the greatest secrets I ever learned was the power of an isolation, a prayer retreat, and what that did and why. And you might think you know what I'm talking about, but you know what, I'm just going to get into it next week. How to hold one of those for the purpose of personal transformation. Only God's environment has the power to transform your life. Only the environment of heaven, but you've got to learn how to cultivate that, how to take the principles of the kingdom that you want to live out and hold them in place with systems and schedule and strategy. And then you can literally begin to be transformed until people say, There's, that man is salt and light. That woman is, is salt and light. I met Jesus when I met that, that particular person. So you see how this really is. Uh, how can I word it? When it comes to sonship and daughterhood in the kingdom, this is what it means to grow in maturity. And what's the reward for your personal growth in Christ-likeness? When you do all this work on yourself in partnership with Holy Spirit, the reward is God begins to recognize you not as a baby Christian, but as a son or daughter. And Jesus even had to go through this process, didn't he? He grew in wisdom and stature. He learned obedience as a son. Some of you, by the way, might even be saying, well, what's this self-discipline stuff? And what are the fruits of the Spirit? <laughs> self-control. Not God-control, not God-controlling you, but self-control. Why don't you just switch the word control with discipline? Self-discipline. The ability to grow in your disciplines is a proof of the Holy Spirit's work in your life. And you have to accept that. So when Jesus came walking by and John the Baptist said, wow, I, me baptize you, I'm not even fit to untie your, your, you know, your sandals. 
And Jesus said, no, no, I'm a paraphrase here, but I'm a son. I've got to go through the process. I've got to be baptized too. John the, Bapti- uh, John the Baptist baptizes him, brings him up out of the water, and the, the Holy Spirit comes on him like a dove, and we hear the voice of the Father affirming his sonship. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Well, that's some good growth there. My teenage son, pleased with him. <laughs> He's growing. But later on, as Jesus continued to grow in maturity, bearing the resemblance and image of the Father with the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus now took some disciples up the Mount of Transfiguration. Beautiful picture of the incline and the effort to go the distance for transformation. They get to the top, Peter, James, and John, and suddenly there's this glorious encounter. Uh, Moses and Elijah appear. There's some discussion. And we hear the voice of the Father again. But this time, God the Father really affirms his Son by saying, This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. <laughs> there's the ministry part. Not just I'm pleased with him, but listen to him. I give him platform. Listen to him because what you hear him say comes from me. Listen to him because if you've heard him, you've heard me. Listen to him. And God begins to, God the Father begins to arrange ministry opportunity for you. (laughs) Because he knows you're his mouthpiece. He knows you're a son that bears his image. He knows you're an ambassador of the kingdom that he, he is God of. You become his representative on earth. Ministry takes care of itself. People are having encounters with the Lord when they encounter you. And you begin to discover a way of doing ministry that's from a place of overflow. And not striving and faking and bragging and jockeying for position and climbing the ladder and and networking and all the stuff that we do. Lord knows we do this in Canada. It's sickening. (laughs) But out of the overflow of Christ who's been formed in you and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the only begotten of the Father, The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You actually can become a conduit of the expression of his grace and his truth. You can live it and not just preach it. Boy, I'm I'm feeling a preach coming on. I'm going to get off this broadcast. I hope you've enjoyed this today. If If you are watching on YouTube or wherever, Transformation Generation is uh, my podcast on CPN or wherever you uh, listen to podcasts. Go on there. We've got some incredible ones. I've started out a little basic for people, and I'm leading them on a journey of depth. So make sure you subscribe to Transformation Generation with Derek Schneider. If you're watching from YouTube, just click like uh, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Today we did a special also broadcast on Facebook. Click like, share the broadcast so somebody's life can be changed. Thank you for joining us today. I pray blessings on you, uh, and I look forward to seeing more of the image of God in all of us, including myself. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. If you liked what you heard, visit historymakersacademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting-edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV, or download our History Makers Society app today.